This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, will address MPs on Monday afternoon as he attempts to rally support in a vote of no confidence that will be held in the evening. At least 54 Conservative MPs submitted secret letters of no confidence in their leader to trigger the vote. Whether Mr Johnson, buffeted by revelations that he partied during Covid lockdowns and lagging in the polls can prevail is uncertain. He needs to win the support of at least 180 MPs to prevail. Vladimir Putin said that if the West sends Ukraine longer-range missiles, Russia will strike targets it has thus far avoided, without saying which. Last week, President Joe Biden said America will supply Ukraine with M142 high-mobility artillery rocket systems, after receiving assurances that they would not be fired into Russia. Britain has promised to send similar weapons. Meanwhile, on Sunday, Russian forces fired a volley of cruise missiles into Kyiv, the first strike there in weeks. In a rare foray outside the capital, Kyiv, Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, visited two cities close to the front line in the Donbass region. He travelled to Lysychansk, just south of Severodonetsk, where Ukrainian forces are engaged in heavy fighting, and also to Solidar. The Ukrainians claim to have repulsed seven attacks across the whole of the region over the past 24 hours. The people of Kazakhstan voted in an extraordinary referendum to revoke special privileges afforded to their country's former president, Nursultan Nazarbayev, for whom the capital, Nursultan, was renamed in 2019. That was only the most shocking part of a wider constitutional reform package that was approved by 77% of voters. They seemed eager to rein in the autocratic state Mr Nazarbayev bequeathed them. Mr Biden was said to be on the verge of announcing extraordinary measures to reduce the cost of building solar power capacity in America. Reuters reported that the president will waive tariffs that have been imposed on Southeast Asian manufacturers of solar panels, and Bloomberg hears that he plans to invoke Cold War-era powers to support American factories assembling solar arrays. America and South Korea said they fired eight surface-to-surface missiles on Monday, a day after North Korea carried out probably its own biggest single-missile test. According to South Korea's army, the joint exercise was meant to demonstrate the capability and readiness to carry out precision strikes. Japan and America also conducted a joint exercise on Sunday in response to North Korea's actions. Ant Group, a Chinese fintech giant part-owned by Alibaba, launched a digital wholesale bank called Annexed in Singapore. The bank will focus on providing digital financial services to micro, small and medium-sized enterprises. Singapore's banking regulator has said it expects C and Grab, two other big Asian consumer tech firms, to launch digital banks later this year. And fact of the day, 65%. How much of Hungary's crude oil it imports from Russia? Hungary is the member of the EU most opposed to embargoes against Russia. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. European Divisions on Ukraine 
The gap among Western countries over the end game in Ukraine keeps widening. Germany is often chastised for being a Russland Versteher, a Russian understander. But that title might best apply to France after its president Emmanuel Macron repeated a comment he made last month that quote, Russia must not be humiliated. Ukrainian leaders are furious. What's Mr. Macron up to? He appears to be motivated by memories of the 1919 Versailles Treaty, whose punitive terms, many argue, led to the rise of Nazism and the Second World War. If so, such thinking seems premature. War in Ukraine is still raging. The battle for the eastern city of Severodonetsk hangs in the balance. Mr. Macron may be worried about nuclear escalation, particularly if the Russian army is routed. He may also hope to cast himself as a mediator in any future peace talks, which requires maintaining distance from America and a dialogue with Russia. All at odds in the Americas. Expectations are low for what could be a particularly fractious summit of the Americas, a regional gathering starting in Los Angeles on Monday. For starters, the presidents of several countries, including Mexico, Honduras, and Bolivia, say they won't come in protest over the United States' decision not to invite authoritarian heads of state in Nicaragua and Venezuela, and maybe Cuba. Guatemala's president is also skipping the get-together over U.S. sanctions on his government. Progress is unlikely, whatever the guest list. Long gone are the days of bold declarations such as the charter in 2001 that committed the region's countries to democracy. The United States has been losing clout in the Americas, while several countries are retreating from democracy and free trade. That is bad news for everyone. As well as perennial issues such as migration, the region needs to respond to problems both exposed and deepened by the pandemic, including wobbly health and education systems and poverty. A tight race in Pennsylvania. After a bruising campaign and recount, Mehmet Oz emerged victorious in Pennsylvania's Republican Senate primary on Friday. After polls closed on May 17th, just 902 votes put Dr. Oz, a television star endorsed by Donald Trump, ahead of his opponent David McCormick, triggering the recount. Mr. Trump urged Dr. Oz to declare victory prematurely, while Mr. McCormick won a court case to include undated ballots. But with his numbers unimproved, Mr. McCormick conceded defeat. Dr. Oz must now convince more Republicans of his conservative bona fides while still tacking to the center. Though he benefits from America's souring opinions of Democrats, Pennsylvania is closely divided. It provides Democrats with one of their few chances to flip a Republican-held seat and preserve their narrow Senate majority. With his working-class demeanor and moderate positioning, the Democratic nominee, State Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, looks formidable. But after suffering a stroke on May 13th, he has yet to return to campaigning. Decisions ahead for the Supreme Court. On Monday, America's justices released rulings in one or more of the 33 cases that remain to be decided before their summer holiday. An unusual number of high-profile disputes dot the docket. 
the court will determine the scope of the Environmental Protection Agency's power to regulate greenhouse gas emissions in power plants. Cases involving school funding in Maine and a praying football coach in the state of Washington could weaken America's wall of separation between church and state. A challenge to a gun regulation in New York gives the court a chance to bolster the right to bear arms. Meanwhile, it seems the right to abortion, according to a draft opinion leaked on May 2nd, will be erased, 49 years after it gained constitutional protection in Roe v. Wade. Tensions are high at the court amid an investigation into the leak, and with its 6-3 conservative tilt, the court faces plummeting support among a public that is roughly split 50-50. The drama is unlikely to ebb before the July 4th holiday. The Ladies Not for Burning Margaret Atwood, a Canadian writer, was recently filmed trying to torch a copy of her 1985 novel, The Handmaid's Tale. Brandishing a flamethrower, she took aim, but this unburnable edition printed on foil paper with nickel wire and stainless steel binding survived. It is to be auctioned on Tuesday at Sotheby's to draw attention to a wave of book bannings in America. The Handmaid's Tale, which depicts a nightmare theocracy, is among the world's most widely forbidden books. The auction benefits Pen America, a charity supporting free expression to combat conservative attacks on books about gender issues, racism, and sex education. The American Library Association reports that complainants tried to remove 1,597 titles in 2021, a fourfold increase from the year before. Quote, let's hope we don't reach the stage of wholesale book burnings, as in Fahrenheit 451, Miss Atwood says, referring to Ray Bradbury's dystopian novel. Bidding for her own unburnable book currently stands at $100,000. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, Tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Which actor, known for playing Doctor Who, has recently taken on more villainous roles such as Kilgrave in Jessica Jones and the serial killer Dennis Nielsen? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Carl Jung, who died on this day in 1961. The least of things with a meaning is worth more in life than the greatest of things without it. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.